0: Welcome people. Today we will be talking about battle of the world views on sex and aggression. We will be touching on the Len Cluter debacle, Sigmund Freud's psychodynamic theory and the views of Christianity, Islam and atheism on sex and aggression. So if any of these topics interest you, please stick around. It is Thursday, 18 November 2021. This is episode 70 of fishing for men with mac where people well where we grapple with worldviews and try to show the truth from the lie it's wonderful to have you on the show and i hope that something valuable will be said today as you grapple with your worldview and try to make sense of some of the things happening in our world today i don't know if you're in south africa you would have probably seen the video that have been circulating on facebook about this guy by the name of Len Kluter and he's really the sort of story that stuck to my mind because it's a, it, it was quite shocking for me to watch this video and uh, that got me into doing this podcast for us today. I first read about it on the news and l- then later I saw the video. Um, uh, the guy apparently booked into a guest house or something and had some issues there with the people. And they decided to call the police. I think they wanted to escort him out of the place because he was like aggressive and violent. And by the way, this was in Mulder's Drift. And if you have not heard this before, that's that's to the west of Johannesburg. It's called, uh, we used to call it Murder's Drift. It's a place where a lot of people get killed. Anyways, uh, any case, so it, it played off in this this area. Um, this, this Len guy, he was naked and extremely aggressive. He was swinging a gun around. Apparently he had two guns with him. And uh, eventually he grabbed the gun of one of the police officers, a lady police officer. Now, the other police officer standing nearby, you could almost like sort of see in his face. Oh, my goodness, what is happening? You know, he doesn't look too clued up as to what is happening. And hey, guys, he's really is really shocked. And he he cocked his gun. And he shot this guy, Len, in the head, and they're showing the video how this guy falls to the floor, and you know that's always something dramatic to, to to watch. And, and this video has been circulating all over Facebook. And um, Len didn't die; he's currently in hospital. Uh, I think he's in a coma. And you could you could imagine how this would spark racial controversy because this policeman was black, and Len was white. Now, this usually happens the other way around, right, in in the States. Um, So, um, but, you know, there there, there doesn't seem to be really any racial issues going about. I've seen some posts on Facebook what people have said and and sort of everybody, both black and white, agree that Len was in the wrong. The white guy, he was clearly in the wrong. Um, He grabbed the policeman's gun. He disarmed the policeman. What do you expect is going to happen? um I, I suspect if this was in another country the, you know there would be serious racial outrage. And so I'm, I'm actually very proud of uh, some of the, you know our South African ways, you know we we, we, we we stand up for what is right regardless of the the color of the skin. well generally mostly at least in this insta- instance. Um, You know, what got me thinking about this video is not just how traumatic it must be for this guy's wife or his girlfriend or whatever, you know, to witness this. And the guy who actually took the the video, I I don't think that was fun either. Um, But what got me thinking is, how could that evening have turned out differently if Len had no aggression, if he was not violent at all? If he wasn't swinging around guns 1 a.m. in the morning, what if we could just eliminate his violence and his aggression and his anger that night? How could that night have turned out differently? He would not have been in hospital now. Um, His name would not have been all over the news in shame as it is. He wouldn't have been humiliated as he has now been humiliated as everybody sees him getting shot in the head they see him naked they see his behavior in front of these cops and most people think what is wrong with this guy I mean it, it could have you know the bible uses this verse says you know a soft answer turns away anger I mean could could Len not have done something like that and the whole evening could have turned out differently if he just dropped his aggression ladies and gentlemen aggression never leads do something good it never does it always leads to pain your own pain or the pain of others I've had friends in my life who who just you know every a guy looks at him skew he wants to slap him um, you you don't speak to somebody uh, correctly I want to I want to now slap you you know so this you know and I've seen people who are quick to be aggressive, they often, often, often get themselves in aggressive situation. They always get involved with fights because that's what it draws out. Now, let me take you from that story over to Sigmund Freud's theory because it also got me thinking about old Sigmund Freud. And I don't know if you know who this cat is, but he's the father of psychology. He created the psychodynamic theory. And uh, some of the things that he said was like it's like absolutely insane. I mean, if you, you go read some of the stuff that he says, it's like, it's like, how, how could this guy... But you know what? His theories, psychologists are still grappling with it today. The first thing they teach you when you get into psychology 101 at university is they teach you the the theories of Freud. Now, I just want to point out one of the key things just for this podcast that has always stuck with me and always intrigued me about what Freud said. According to him, There are only two basic drives that serve to motivate all our thoughts and all of our emotions and all of our behavior. These two drives are simply put sex and aggression. He also called it eros and thanatos or life and death respectively. Now they underlie every motivation we as humans experience. Now, let me put that in simple terms. In simple terms, if we removed all the rules from humanity, all the laws, all the governments, all the religions, we would be driven just by two things, sex and aggression. What does that mean? Well, picture in your mind, no governance, no rules, just human beings on the earth and they can do what they want. If humans just do what they want, there's no conscience, nothing. Everybody would just be having sex, sleeping around and beating each other up. That's sort of what it comes down to. We have this drive, uh, Freud says, this drive within us towards sexuality and aggression. Now, Freud spoke about um, three aspects of you as a person or of your personality. And he spoke about the id, the ego and the superego. And he says these these three are waging war in the, um, I think he calls the, the, the subconscious mind, they are waging war. The id is that part of you that, that's the animal part, let's call it the immoral part, the, the part that just wants to go crazy, have sex and be aggressive, that's the id part. But the superego part is that part of you, so he says you are born with the id, And then he says the superego develops as you get older. When you go to Sunday school, you get taught, no, it's not right to beat up your friend sitting next to you in class because he stole your pencil. And so slowly but surely principles, moral rules start to make an impact on your mind. And that starts to challenge the id. In the middle, you've got the ego. The ego's responsibility is to sort of balance out the superego and the id. Uh, the id is the bad guy he wants to have sex and be aggressive but the super ego counters him it is the rules of society that says no don't just do what you want And in the middle is the ego the part that balances it out and you know we could call that your conscience now with that in mind um, I think there's a lot of what Freud says that does make sense I think in a lot of ways he's got something there Essentially, Freud is saying that if we let the id run wild and do what he wants, it will lead to sex and aggression, and that will lead to pain and suffering. Like, for example, in Len Cluter's case, the id was winning there. The id was taking over, and usually when alcohol gets involved, the id starts ruling. You start you start silencing the voice of rationality, and you start doing whatever it is that you want to do. And, and by the way, that is what happens when people get drunk. They get either very aggressive, always want to fight, or they um, just want to sleep with whoever comes in front of them um, and th- that's just simply the truth if you've had uh, quite a few shots of alcohol you would know that's what alcohol does it impairs your judgment by the way which is a very good reason to avoid it okay so we know that it is true in the world where we live in that when the it runs wild when people just follow their desires to be aggressive and to be sexually active Um, It leads to pain, violence and aggression in the Middle East has displayed millions of people from their homes. Some estimate 60 million people. That's what caused violence. Violence and aggression causes death, which causes suffering. I can point out many examples. Of how violence and aggression hurts people, brings evil into the world, destroys the lives of people. What about sex, you might ask? Well, is sex is is is, when we all go crazy and we just sleep around and have sex with who we want to, where we want to, as many times as we want to, is that a bad thing for humanity? Well, think about HIV, think about STDs, think about every kid that grows up without a dad or a mom, about every baby. That is in a family where parents got divorced, usually because of sexuality. Think about every prostitute who is emotionally and psychologically scarred. Think about every spouse that has been cheated on. Every person who's been psychologically damaged by numerous sexual partners. Um, You know, the list can go on and on. I would say that most of humanity's problems can be tripled down, started with a sexual encounter. That was irresponsible. I would f- be fine to suggest that ninety percent of all human suffering stems from sex and aggression. If even if it's not more than that, it goes back to that, to to sex and aggression. That that part of our being that we that we don't want to control. And now the question is, which worldview deals the best with sex and aggression? And what do you think is the best way to deal with sex and aggression? Do you believe that sex and aggression is something that we should all just be allowed to to do with what we want to? Do you think that's the best for humanity? Think about it rationally for a moment. If we all can get aggressive when we want to and violent when we want to, is that a good thing for the human race? Is that a good thing for the world? If we all can just um, follow every sexual impulse that we can imagine would that be good for our families for the human race uh, as a whole now let's look at three worldviews let's look at how the three different the key the biggest three worldviews that exist today how these three worldviews view sex and aggression let's talk about islam we'll start with that in terms of aggression is there really much to say about islam the first thing some people would say is yes islam is a religion of peace The Muslims say so. Yes, you're right. Many Muslims do say so, but Islam is not a religion of peace. There are peaceful Muslims, but the religion itself is not peaceful. The book, the scriptures, the Quran is not peaceful. The founder, Muhammad, he was not a peaceful man. His whole life was driven by conquest and war and destruction and the killing of people. It's a religion of violence. I mean, I, I, you know, when I close my eyes, I see the, the headings of the newspaper articles, 50 people decapitated in Mozambique, Samuel Pate, high school teacher, decapitated in, in the street in front of the school where he was a teacher, Boku Haram decapitates a, a few hundred uh, people in Nigeria, millions of people killed in Afghanistan, 9-11, I mean, the list can go on and on and on just in a short life I've had on this planet where I've seen uh, these types of articles, I, you know, I wish that there could be some stats about how many people have been killed by the Islamic faith just in the last 10 years. The Muslim scriptures say fight non-Muslims until no other religion except Islam exists. That's Surah two one nine three. Although we are asked to be compassionate amongst each other, we have to be harsh with unbelievers, their text says. How Christian, Jewish and atheist neighbors and colleagues, we need to be harsh with them, Surah forty eight twenty nine. The Muslims say our holy book asks us to be disobedient towards the disbelievers and their governments and strive against the unbelievers with great endeavor twenty five fifty two. And be stern with them because they belong to hell sixty six nine. The Holy Prophet That is Muhammad. Listen to what the, this is what the Quran says. The Holy Prophet Muhammad prescribes fighting for us and tells us that it is good for us even if we dislike it. Surah 2, 216. Just think about that. The founder of the Muslim religion tells his people, guys, you need to fight. It's good for you even if you don't like it. So aggression is good for you even if you don't like it. Then he advises us. That's still their scriptures. Strike off the heads of the disbelievers. And after making a wide slaughter among them, carefully tie up the remaining captives. Surah 47 verse 4. Our God has promised to instill terror into the hands of the unbelievers and has ordered us to smite above their necks and smite all their fingertips off of them. Surah 8 verse 12. He promises us that in the fight for his cause, whether we slay or are slain, we return to the garden of of paradise. So whether you kill people or you don't, you're going to the garden of paradise where you're going to have these alien virgins, angelic virgins type of things. And then we could talk about Muhammad. Muhammad himself decapitated people. He killed people with a sword. He ordered the rape of women when, when tribes were taken captive. And then, of course, in Islam, you have a number of wives, because when we talk about the sexuality in Islam, I think it's slightly slightly different, you know. And to to have multiple wives, it you know it, it probably provides for some some sexual delicacies, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, but Muhammad himself used God to acquire a family member's wife for himself. Muhammad himself had a nine-year-old wife as well. But I've got to be honest with this and, and be fair towards Islam, although the founder was quite a, 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 a very strange sexual and aggressive person, somebody who obviously didn't restrain his sexual pleasures or restrain his aggression. Um, all in all, I think that there are many scriptures in the Quran that does say that sex is to be kept for the marriage bed and, and there, there's a type of purity. In actual fact, a more of a type of purity than than we experience, for example, in the Christian faith. Because the, the way that the women are to be dressed is to be... they cover up their whole bodies which i think is 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 really um in, in many ways i think good maybe a bit extreme but good um, although their marriage beds um can contain multiple women and so <laughs> I don't i don't know i don't have much to say about that it's a it's a very different world the islamic world but just in a nutshell um i think islam is high up on aggression i think it's it the faith has proven itself through that and i think that perhaps in sexuality it does a better job um than i think atheism and i think in many times maybe even christianity what happens behind closed doors i i don't know i've never spoken to a a muslim woman and asked her what the sexual experience would be like whether there's domination or aggression um but in any case that's a topic for another day so that's sort of a view that islam has on sex and aggression then there's atheism And atheism is also an interesting story. And when we talk about aggression, I think there's been a lot of people just in the last hundred years that have shown us what atheism is made of of in terms of violence and aggression and, and, and murder. Because the most brutal murderous leaders the world had ever seen were atheists. Mao Zedong of China is the most famous He killed in four years 45 million people in China in his Great Leap policy. Paul Potts of Cambodia killed 2 million people. Hitler caused 17 million deaths. Stalin caused 23 million deaths. The list can go on and on. And it shows that you don't want atheism to rule the world. The reason why to a large extent there is so much peace and there has been so much Peace, for example in the west is because of Christian influence because Christianity has been at the foundation of Western civilization and you can see Western societies unravel currently as atheism starts to take over you can see where it is going you don't want atheism to rule the world when atheism is left to itself it kills why because atheists don't believe that there's a higher power, power that will judge their actions. Okay? And also, if atheists believe there should be no aggression and violence, it also doesn't make sense because why would they? If there's no God, why care about human life? If we are just animals, why don't we just behave like animals? They get quite aggressive and murder each other, don't they? Animals, lions, snakes crocodiles kill stuff I mean if atheism is true there should be no reason to not murder each other what's wrong with it what does it matter right in actual fact it should be promoted because in the atheistic worldview we are species that evolved and this evolution is based on the survival of the fittest the survival of the species isn't it so so why don't we just kill each other so that we can see who's the strongest and the strongest will survive, and that will promote evolution. That's what we want. So, so in terms of, um, of of atheism's aggression, you know, it's very hard to depict this. But the history, the history tells us that atheism promotes violence when it's left by itself. Now, obviously, you'll never walk up to an atheist and the atheist and say, "Oh, violence is justified. Violence is good." They will never admit that. But that's in the end what it leads to and if an atheist as I pointed out says no it's wrong Well, why is it wrong how could it be wrong you've got no moral basis for that unless God exists and that there's a moral code that have been written in your heart that reminds you it's actually there's something wrong with killing another human being so if an atheist says aggression is wrong it's actually evidence that Christianity is true and Christianity says there's a moral code written in our hearts regardless of your your faith your belief system you know it's wrong what do we say about atheism's sexuality? Well, I think you know exactly what that answer is. You can go listen to Richard Dawkins or uh, any of these great uh, debaters and they will uh, they will tell you they find it ridiculous that God actually cares what you do with your genitalia. And so obviously they don't care what they do with their genitalia. so there's no restraint. In, in atheism there's no need for restraint what, what does it matter i can sleep with who i want as many times as i want to i mean you know that's just what it is therefore an atheistic world would inevitably lead to suffering and more evil it would lead to to uh, uh, disease it would lead to pain It would lead to broken homes well a- atheism doesn't believe in the family nucleus regardless of what the research says atheism says you can do what you want there's no moral code that exists there's no family structure that exists um I mean, atheism promotes the killing of babies. So, I mean, what do what do we expect? Um, atheism is not good for sex and aggression. Uh, atheism will say, "Just do what you like." Atheism is id. Okay. What about Christianity? Well, I don't think I have to say much about Christianity because if you've you've grown up in a Christian environment, you know exactly what Christianity says. But let me read you just something about aggression. You know, that Jesus said straight from the mouth of the founder of Christianity. Matthew 5, 21. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. Now, this is in direct contrast to Islam. Jesus says, don't murder. Islam says, yes, murder. But I tell you, verse 22, that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, Anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, You fool, will be danger in the fire of hell. What does Jesus say here? He says, You don't even get angry at people. You don't even talk ugly to people. You don't even call somebody a fool. Okay? Jesus really limits how far we can go with aggression and anger, doesn't he? Jesus condemned it, Jesus showed aggression once when i think about his life that's when he drove out money changes from god's temple with a whip but further than that he was The item or the victim or the object of aggression. His life culminated in beatings, mocking and ultimate crucifixion. And at that crucifixion, on that cross, he could have called 10,000 angels to take vengeance, to show violence and to give aggression towards the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, the Sanhedrin. He could have destroyed the Roman government, but that's not why he came. There's no power in violence in Jesus' mind and heart. There's power in love. And so Jesus died alone in shame. Weak, beaten and mocked. When at one point one of his followers showed aggression to his captors and cut off the soldier's ear, Malchus' ear. He rebuked him and healed the man's ear. That is Jesus. Jesus wants to heal the violence that we inflict on one another. Jesus stood for love, not hate. He He even described his father as love. And one of the biggest problems the world has with Christianity is its teaching on sexuality. The Christian morality teaches that you have one sexual partner for life. One sexual partner for life. The marriage bed should be kept pure. Fornicators and adulterers will not inherit eternal life. Homosexual practices are sinful. And so Christianity is hard on sex and aggression. Christianity says control these two drives or they will control you and hurt those around you you might be saying well if god created us why did he create us with such powerful drives if what freud says is true that we've got this aggressive and um and and sexual drive within us what is why would god make us that way well i've said this before God has given us a strong sexual drive so that we can procreate and so that we can enjoy sexuality. It's one of the most deepest and powerful and intimate experiences God has given the human race. And he's not asking us to to keep it in or to restrain it or to cut it off or to throw it away. No, he's telling us to enjoy it fully within the confines of... Of a committed relationship. Because that's the space where you're going to enjoy it the most. And in terms of aggression. I I don't see that God created that naturally in us to be aggressive. I do believe that we can get aggressive when we are threatened. When our lives are threatened. And that's a normal a response. You know a fight or flight response that God has built into our um hormonal structures into our 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 um, our way of responding responding to threats now the three sides have been shared think about it for a moment which worldview deals best with the truthful reality that unbridled sex and aggression leads to evil suffering and pain which one of these worldviews Handles it the best. I submit to you that Christianity does the best job. And that is why Western civilization is built upon the foundation of Christian principles and why it has been so successful. I maintain the same principles as Jesus. Strive for sexual purity. Otherwise, it will cause you and others pain. Avoid aggression, violence and conflict. It only leads to evil and pain, as we saw with old Len Kluter. The pure Christian way is ultimately the best way.